Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the um, uh, second book of Kings, that is Malachim Beis, <coughs> Perak Ches, which is chapter 8. And um, we just left off the end of the last chapter with the uh, tremendous salvation that the city of Samaria had against the Aramean enemy. Uh, how the <coughs> Aramean army ran off because of hearing loud noises and they thought they were being chased by uh, allied armies of Israel that didn't exist and they left their camp with all of its supplies which ended the siege of the city of Shomron, the city of Samaria and um, <coughs> that was uh, the miracle that Elisha had, had predicted. Now we focus on a much, uh, if you remember, as we were going through the career of Elisha, we noted n- numerous times how very often his <coughs> his interactions, his miracles with, with the small circle that he was with, whether that was uh, a, his own uh, fault, if you look at it as a fault, or maybe it was just that the people didn't really listen to him. He only had influence generally within his small circle. It's hard to know. But we know that Elisha at times was able to somewhat widen his influence. But uh, again, the story which we're about to read is, it raises some questions for which I don't really have, and the verses don't give us really good answers. But here, but Elisha diber hel ha'isha asher hachiyat ben Elisha spoke with the woman, the woman whom he resuscitated, her son. If you recall back a couple chapters ago, um, this woman had given Elisha a place to stay, and and he blessed her with a son. She had a son, and um, the son uh, died, and Elisha brought him back to life. That was the whole story. But that same woman, who clearly remained within the circle of Elisha, this is some time later uh, after that event, um, <clears throat> and he told her as follows, Kumi ulechi at ubeitech beguri ba'asher teguri. Get up, you and your entire family. And go live wherever you can live. In other words, you just got to get out of this area. Kikara Adonai Larav, because God has has declared, has called out that there's going to be a famine. And not just a famine, but one that's going to last for seven years. Now, uh, we've had famine before here. We had the famine in which uh, the... Uh, the people, uh, Elisha's Panayanavim. We had the story of the, of the of the pot of stew. We had uh, numerous stories of famines, and exactly, there's no real chronology listed here. But uh, the other, we just we just came off of the famine that was a result of the siege. But this is another famine that seems to be happening after that. Regardless, the question, the obvious question is, if if Elisha knows of a famine. Why is he only talking to this woman? Why isn't he telling everyone to leave? Or maybe he did tell everyone. It's just no one else listened. Um, so, Or maybe it's only mentioning his conversation with the woman because of the story we're about to hear, but maybe he told others various ways to approach this. But either way, regardless, the woman gets up, and she did exactly as the prophet of God had told her. The way it says Kidvar Ish Ha Elohim here rather than Kidvar Elisha, it gives you the impression that she listened because he was a prophet. Otherwise, she didn't really want to go. 
but which would be the proper thing to do. And she and her family went. And where did she go? She went to the land of the Philistines to live for seven years. And that was that. When the end of seven years was up, I guess now she heard that the famine is over. So she came back from the land of the Philistines. And she went to complain, to issue a complaint in front of the king regarding her home and her field. Because apparently some people had um, had uh, squatters, had taken over her field in her absence of seven years, and they weren't didn't want to leave. And she wants to get her field back, so she's bringing them to court in front of the king. Interestingly, in the next verse, we read the following, What was the king doing when the woman walked into the court? Remember, this woman back then did have a husband. Um, why it is that she was the one that talked to Elisha, she was the one who decided to move, and she's the one bringing the court case. It seems that uh, um, she's a particularly wealthy woman. Uh, it's unusual for those times that she would be the one in charge. Maybe the husband isn't around at this time anymore. There's uh, also, again, speculation. Meanwhile, what's the king doing? He is talking to Gehazi. Now, we remember Gehazi. He's no longer in the court. He's no longer the servant of Elisha. He was thrown out after he had acted selfishly and taken money from Naaman. But apparently, and one gets the impression that Gehazi is walking around telling everybody you know, about all of his exploits that he had together with Elisha. He's still trying to milk it for what it's worth, so to speak. He's trying to, uh, you know, gain popularity and gain power and, and honor because of his association with Elisha. And now he's trying, he's telling the king all these stories. Gehazi, uh, who had been Narisha Elohim, who had been the servant of the, 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 the man of God, Elisha, and the king was talking to him, saying as follows. In other words, he was asking Gehazi, Tell me all about the great stories that Elisha had done. Now, if you recall, in the last chapter, we focused on the fact that the king, to the extent that he listened to Elisha at all, it was on an extremely primitive way. In other words, he thought of Elisha as a guy who can perform tricks. His access to God is in the sense that you know, he could save us, he can, he can make sure we have food and so on, he can save us from a siege, which is why the king became so angry with Elisha when the, the, the siege had gone on for so long that the people were starving so bad that the uh, women were eating their children and so it was just the, the, how awful it had gotten. So the king went and got angry at Elisha, right? So this, the king here is, has not ever internalized the message that it's not about magic tricks it's not about beseeching god to do favors it's about your own actions it's about your faithfulness to god it's not about asking and praying for tricks right or going to the prophet and, and hoping he makes some kind of miracle for you but the king still doesn't get it here we're at a time it uh, you know this 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 famine is over um the king is sitting around he wants to hear all of, the, all of the great magic tricks that Elisha had done. So the king never had gotten past that. He never understood what Elisha was really trying to teach him. 
So now, and Gechazi is taking advantage of that by being, he's now the source of all the stories. The other thing we get from here is that one might think that the stories were unknown, right? Remember, a lot of these stories happened in private. They were not done in a public spectacle. That's one thing unique and special about Elisha, right? So it's possible the king just simply did not know about these stories. Or one can also get the impression that, you know, it's kind of like the king was... was um, getting entertained, you know, and he can watch one play lots of times. Gechazi tells the story again. He could be asking Gechazi to tell him, let me hear the inside story. Everyone's talking about it. Let me hear it from you. And Gechazi might have said it in some kind of entertaining way. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the king wasn't aware of it before. Or it could mean that maybe he wasn't. And now he's asking Gechazi. So, he was telling the king, one of the greatest stories, the greatest hits of Elisha, the prophet, was when he revived the dead boy. At, at that moment, while he's telling the story, the woman whom, whose son was resuscitated by the, by Elisha comes in to file a complaint with the king, Al-Bais of regarding her house and her field. So Gechazi says, My master, the king, Zoso Isha, this is the woman, and this is her son. Apparently her son accompanied her to the um, king. And one gets the even further the impression that maybe the husband wasn't here anymore, maybe he had passed on, who knows. Because the woman is going with her son as the escort, and now at seven years, the son is probably, you know, a teenager or something at at this point. Asher at Elisha, the son who had been revived by Elisha. And the king went and asked the woman um, uh, regarding her complaint, what the details were. And the king gave her a saris, which is literally a saris means a eunuch. A eunuch generally is the um, the uh, assistance of the king, usually associated with guarding the harem. But um, he had a but so but sometimes a saris might mean just a king's assistant. Um, so some commentaries, um, like the Radak, assume that this is a real saris, that is a eunuch. Whether the significance of that here, you know, we can discuss that. But the bottom line is, is that. Um, he gave her an assistant saying, make sure they give back everything that's hers, and even all of the produce from the field, from the day that she left the land until now. So that's the story. The woman gets her field back. It's hard to know exactly what's the point of this story, but I tried to, to portray uh, what I believe is really the primary lesson and that is is that the king here still doesn't get the message Gechazi is still trying to uh, milk his association with with uh, with um Alicia to get whatever he can from it he's still selfish he's still walking around pretending uh, you know that he's a great guy because of his experience with Alicia so this is uh, the little episode with which our chapter starts um, this will conclude uh, 8a. Uh, I'm going to continue with the next story in the next podcast. Uh, and this is a little shorter than usual, but if I add the next story, then it'll be a lot longer than usual, and I'd rather not go too long with each podcast. So uh, thank you so much for studying um, this 
this uh, portion of chapter 8 with me. I look forward to studying the rest of this chapter and the rest of this book together with all of you, and I wish everyone a wonderful day.